This Wednesday, the 16th Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use the promo code SGPN for $20 off. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Tuesday, August the 15th, we have a full slate of card, a uh, full slate of games, and even more remarkably, every single one of them is on the board. I think it's a record yeah, 369 shows. We've got the lot to choose from all 15. Uh, so we can go through the card, we can officially pick 15 winners here, Lonte. Um, Lonte Smith is my co-host uh, for the time being. I think Scott Reichel, he, he just joins when he wants nowadays, Scott, he's... Uh, <laughs> Just what he wants. He's the he's the main man. Lante, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Uh, surprisingly, these lines were up pretty early too. Um, I think right after we got off the show yesterday, some of them were popping, um, and uh, they got into the night as I was doing my handicap, and I hit a few of them um, on the open. So yeah, man, looking forward to it. Uh, glad we got all these up. We can actually pick some winners and not have to skip over or guess who's pitching and who's not. I need some winners because for the Monday games, I went one and six, uh, Lonte. So bad start for the week. Um, so I need to play catch up tonight um, oh, yeah, on these fine. Tuesday games. Still um, early. Still early. You'll yeah, be it's early in the week. Yeah, just it's horrible having to play catch up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I need to. I need to get five games over five hundred to get back to five hundred. Yeah, um, you'll, you'll be fine. Just bet that bet that Atlanta team total over every game they play against the Yankees. That'll get that'll get you to double up the unit. Noah, Noah Benick uh, used to be on this show. He was doing all sorts of the network. Sent me some little League World Series picks um, <laughs> earlier on. So, yeah, as if we haven't got enough to bet on. We can now bet on 12-year-old kids playing baseball. Um, Noah's article has just gone live on the website. So, if you want to go um, in the Little League World Series, apparently Mid-Atlantic. You were telling me you know about these college baseball teams. Mid-Atlantic tomorrow. I'm just going, we're, we're going rogue now. Where's this message <laughs> off, Noah? Mid-Atlantic, a plus 120 uh, favourite single. There's a lot of heavy faves, ignore them. And apparently the Caribbean team, Caribbean, Caribbean, uh, which is Curacao pretty much, um, are his uh, best bet at plus 100 to win the World Series. But we'll get piled into Mid-Atlantic tomorrow. Um, I can see the chat's popping off. TVDBJ wins first in. Uh, good evening, Captain Sano. How are you doing? Aiden's there. Uh, Thomas Maggio, a new name for me. Uh, Thomas, good evening. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I just said to you, Lonnie, these the second games of these series, so we're handicapping Tuesday for Wednesday, but the Tuesday games haven't gone off yet. So we kind of handicapped all the Tuesday games and we give out things like team trends, team winning streaks, team losing streaks, um, hot players, cold players. And none of that's changed because there hasn't been a ball thrown or hit in anger since we handicapped those games yesterday. Uh, Trevor's just saying that no day's ball is an absolute travesty today. And I agree. So a lot of what we said stands, but we've got a whole new set of pitches um, to contend with. So we will start with plenty day's ball tomorrow, 110 Eastern, 
first pitch is the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'll tell you what, we'll leave that because this is that's uh, Scott's lead-off game and he ain't here. One Tennyson is the Detroit Tigers at the Minnesota Twins. Reese Olsen for the Tigers and we have Kenta Maeda for the Minnesota Twins. Lines are plus 165 on the Tigers, minus 172 on the Twins with a total of eight and a half, Lonte. Yeah, so I'm going to go under here. I lean to Minnesota, but this is, uh, I think we broke it down yesterday. It's kind of a hard game to figure out. Um, two teams I'm not really particularly high or low on. I mean, Detroit, as I bet them and they lose as a dog. Uh, I bet against them and they win. So it's kind of hard for me to figure them out. Uh, but I'll go under here. Detroit's under in seven of the last ten. Only scored three runs once. Only scored over three runs once, I'm sorry, in their last four games. Uh, same story with Minnesota. has just been offensively inept uh, the entire season. They've had a combined five earned runs in three of their last four. Uh, I do like Maeda. Uh, I, I think if you want to look at some props, I would look at his total outs props or his uh, his K props. I mean, he's had two earned runs or fewer in eight of his last nine starts. He's not giving up a lot of contact, only allowed uh, over four hits twice in that nine-game span. So he's pitching the ball pretty well. Detroit offensively, I'm not really um, a big fan of, although they can get hot in spurts. But I think Maeda can keep him off the uh, – off the scoreboard here. So I'll go with the under, um, like, we, like we always say, man, four, three, somebody's going to win. I don't care who wins. Yeah, as long as yeah. it goes under. This is kind of the exact game. We were just talking about where we did this game yesterday, Detroit and Minnesota. It doesn't matter who's pitching particularly. Like it's the same four, three chair every day. Um, Olsen, I don't mind Reese Olsen, but, um, I, I think there'll be better days ahead for him. He's been good for four or five earned runs. Like, but my aid is the, the, the key, part of this handicap. Um, two earned runs max in his last five starts. He's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Captain who has gone early with his dog, uh, but I can't get on side with that. Um, I've got Minnesota on the run line here. Um, see, four or five runs um, would probably be enough. Um, this could be a 5-3 rather than a 4-3, uh, Lonte. I'll take Minnesota on the run line um, at plus 125. Don't hate that. Don't hate that at all. Next up is... I tell you what we'll do. We'll go to Pittsburgh. We'll go. Uh, we'll stay chronologically. The Pittsburgh Pirates at the New York Mets. Uh, Johan Oviedo for Pittsburgh and Tyler McGill uh, goes for the New York Mets. Uh, plus one sixteen on Pittsburgh and minus one twenty five are the Mets with a total of eight and a half or nine. Um, and as if by magic, Scott Reichel has joined us to tell us about Pittsburgh. And the Mets. Hey, Scott, how are you? Good, how's it going with you? Yeah, we're all grand, thank you. We've been waiting with bated breath for your pearls of wisdom. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's Mets waiting, game, for, me. Everyone's oh, waiting yeah. for me to break down the uh, Pittsburgh and the tension New York with game. a spoon. Yeah, uh, for this one, I do think, once again, I'm going to look for Pittsburgh here. It's not like I can really trust either team. In fact, they have basically the same record, but Pittsburgh, once again, has been better lately. It's kind of similar to the handicap yesterday, and I do think when you're looking at how these teams are currently playing, Pittsburgh's been in better form. If you want to look at the actual pitchers for this game, I like Oviedo more than McGill. Once again, it's a pretty low bar, but I'm not a big McGill guy, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh at small amounts of plus money. They're arguably the better team. They're basically the same team, but I think Oviedo is better than McGill. That's good enough for me. I'll link to Pittsburgh. I think we could have edited last night's show and just changed yeah. the pitchers' names for <laughs> what's going on. Because we said this last night, Pittsburgh and the Mets are the same team. Which one do you like the most? Um, and I've handicapped this as, as if it was the Monday night game because that 
the total here is it. I've seen eight and a half so nines. Um, the Mets win seven to two, I think, last night. Um, Oviedo's still inconsistent. I don't mind him, uh, but McGill has been giving up a load of runs seven, four, four, and five in four of his last five starts. Um, the Mets got Brandon Nimmo back, and the, the fact he's become so important to them tells you more about, I think, the Mets than it does Brandon Nimmo. But he has helped them offensively, unquestionably. I think we can squeeze over. Like I said, we saw nine runs, so I think we can squeeze over eight and a half, London. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'll lean to the Pirates at the plus money. Uh, I agree with everything Scott was saying. Uh, Aviedo, like, he's been going pretty well over the last month. He had two bad starts uh, in his last six, but um, other than that, I mean, he's been pretty He's been pretty good. Only allowed over one earned run twice in his last five road starts, so he's been pitching well on the road. Not really afraid of the Mets lineup, um, to be honest, even though they're getting him on back. McGill, you mentioned his numbers. He's allowed eight plus hits in four of his last seven, four plus runs in four of his last five. I can I can think we see some runs here. So I, I like the over lean of Pittsburgh. Okay, next up is a three ten. Listen first pitch is the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. Um Arizona have no pitcher listed. However, there's been lines up on this game for ages. Uh, Colorado have lefty Austin Gomba on the bump and uh, Colorado price to put plus 124 with Arizona minus 148 and the gigantic total of 12 and a half. So this is pretty head-scratching, uh, really. Um, Austin Gomber, I can tell you about the one pitcher we know is going. Nine and nine on the year, 533 ERA. He's been really good lately. Um, in his last four starts, he's given up two, zero, two and zero. Uh, Colorado have won two of those. They snapped a five-game losing streak last night. In Arizona, virtually on the unbackable. I still, you can't back them. I don't know in what situation you want to back them at all at the moment. They're ten and twenty-six um, since uh, July the first. I mean, they're just absolutely miles away. Minus one forty-eight, a ridiculous price. I mean, unless well. I mean, we don't know who's going for them, but unless it's Gallon, um, then you're not going to be frightened off by, I think maybe Merrill Kelly goes tonight or any of those other names. Um, as it stands with it, and I don't know, I've got no idea at all which pitcher. I haven't seen even a clue. Um, so I don't just think it's Gallon. Have we got Gallon listed? I have no Check idea. Here. I don't see anything. Rest listed. of the week. Hang on. Is that Gallon on Thursday? Yeah. So we've got Joe Mantiply tonight. Um and he's an opener. And, yeah. And your man, Ciccone, who we handicapped last night, uh, Brandon Fart on Friday, Merrill Kelly on Saturday. So, yeah, they've got no one to roll out here who should be a minus 148 favourite. Give me Colorado, please, um, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Gomber has been good for the last couple of months at this point, so I think that a lot of his bad numbers are a bit early in the season, and then he's been able to find his form recently his home numbers are not good i don't mind that like I'm, I'm aware of it but once again gomber has kind of turned a corner in the last couple months arizona i think is still not a great baseball team they are better than colorado but if you want to give me the better pitcher in a game between two teams that probably should not make the playoffs i'll take gomber on the money line of plus money I, I just think that laying 150 give or take with arizona despite not knowing who the pitcher is and it's in altitude Probably not a good combo. I'll take the plus money. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I think Colorado are going to win. 
Um, I'm sitting here saying you're giving me plus 124. Arizona's but, mispriced. But I mean, something, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's effectively a heads or tails, and you'll take plus 124 um, every day of the week, Lonte. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I would stay away from from Colorado. I just don't trust them at all. But that would be the only side you would have to look at. Uh, but I do like the under here. Um, I, you know, I know Coors is a hitter's park, but I don't trust either of these offenses the way they've been playing lately. Uh, it took a four run eighth inning by Colorado last night to even get close to this total, and that was I think eleven and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And then they raise it um, a point. I don't know how how they get to this to this mark here. Um, they play four straight unders in the series. They've been under by about two point run two point one runs per um, per game in that span. I mean, seven of the last ten of Arizona's went under. Six of the last ten of Colorado's went under. I don't see how either of these offenses um, score like five or six runs here. I mean, you mentioned the, the numbers with Gomber; he's been fine. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Scott. The the ERA numbers are probably a little bit baked in from earlier in the season, but lately he's been pitching pretty well. Uh, and obviously, we don't know the pitcher for Arizona, but again, don't trust their offense at all. Uh, and don't trust Colorado's offense. So give me the under here. I think the number is way too big. Okay, start your watches. I'm going to tell you all about Game Time, uh, our uh, new sponsor here. Delighted to have them too. Uh, game Time help you buy tickets, which, if it's anything like it is in this country, is way too complicated um, and way too stressful. It doesn't need to be as hard um, as ticket sellers make it. Uh, and that's where Game Time comes in. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theatre. Uh, near you, you've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and you've got a best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I know lots of people at the network here uh, have used Game Time. Uh, they've had a really good experience on the app with the flash deals, last-minute tickets, um, any kind of event in your area, images of seat views on there, and a really low price guarantee um so you don't have to plan in advance for your trip uh, game time has got tickets on uh, football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more uh, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and rule for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps in your set tickets are sent directly to your phone um so Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Same supply, create an account, redeem the code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm an absolute machine at that, Scott. Should build me a statue. 3.45 Eastern first pitches, the Tampa Bay Rays at the San Francisco Giants. Um, it's the only the it's the second and final off the board pitcher, but again the game is um, priced up. Um, Aaron Savale goes for Tampa Bay, uh, San Francisco are TBD, and it is a match on the books minus one ten each of two, uh, with a total set at eight and a half for Scott to pick apart. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a tough call on this one. I think I see a decent amount of. Trying to think of how I want to go about this. I think I'm going to lean to runs in this game. I think I'm going to go with the over in this one. It just feels like this total might be a little bit too low. I can see both offenses having a decent go of it. I'm going to lean to the over in this game. 
Lonte? Yeah, um, this was a tough game. Um, I mean, I don't like how I don't like the way San Francisco's playing. It seems like they haven't thrown an actual starter like pitching wise in like a month or two. It seems like they're all they, have. they, 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 they keep alternating. But Savali right. hasn't exactly been great with Tampa so far. He was okay last start, went no length, went five innings. Yeah. I I just don't really know if I trust them to go any length here. Tampa scored a decent amount of runs last night, I believe. I think they scored ten. I'll lean over. Yeah. It's probably going to be a seven and a half total, eight total because it's in San Francisco. I'll lean to the over with two pitchers. One pitcher that I know I don't really trust right now. The other one I don't know who it is. So I'll lean to the over, I guess. Yeah. Um, Savale, 2.58 ERA um, in his combined starts uh, since he's been a Ray. Um, five combined earned runs and two starts as, you know, as a Ray. Uh, you mentioned it. I mean, he wasn't great. But he wasn't bad. He's like somewhere in between. I mean, you know, he, he he's fine. But I think if he gets some run support, uh, he'll be a little bit better. But I mean, San Francisco, they haven't been able to get it going offensively. They, they haven't scored over three um over three runs in their last five games. Uh, so that should give them a little bit of confidence, especially the way Tampa's hitting. Um, Thirty-two and twenty-seven is Tampa on the road. I mean, the offense is like I said, they've they woken up for the past few games. I mean, six plus runs in three of their last four. So I agree with you. I think we see some runs. I'm more so leaning to the Tampa team total over. Not sure if I can trust San Francisco to get there. Yeah. Um, unless Savale, you know, turns into a gas can again. But I'm going to go with Tampa team total over, and I'll lean with them for the full game. I think the main concern I have with Savale is the fact that when he was with Cleveland, he had a personal catcher. I think Gallagher was his personal catcher. And then he went to Tampa. And as a result, now he's got all – I think – who's I don't remember who his catcher is. Is it Betancourt? Maybe? The point is, he has a brand new catcher, and they got to work some things out chemistry-wise, which might take some time, which is kind of an underrated part, keeping an eye on trades for pitchers, because, once again, Gallagher, I don't think, could really hit at all. He was only he was literally only playing because he was a personal catcher to Savale, and now that comfort level's gone, so I wouldn't be shocked if Savale looks a little bit underwhelming for the next couple of outings, but he doesn't go any length anyway. Um. I think the, the the key part of this for me was what Lonte said about just San Francisco playing quite badly. Um, and Tampa haven't been great, but got their act together last night. They, they won behind Glass now last night, and I think that was important. They scored a lot of runs as well. Um, and Savali hasn't been as good as he was in Cleveland. Well, he hasn't been awful either. We've given up. Yeah, I get the bit about the... Um, the length into the games, but three in runs and two in runs isn't going to put you out of the game. Um, and against the San Francisco Giants team, who are struggling, um, like I say, I think Tampa Bay a little bit better with that 10 run game behind them last night. Uh, and they're a better team than San Francisco. I think if they play this game 10 times, Tampa Bay would win six or seven of them. So at minus 110, um, I'm happy to take the Rays in that spot. 640 Eastern first pitches, the Cleveland Guardians and the Cincinnati Reds. No Syndicar for Cleveland. Andrew Abbott, left-handed pitcher for Cincinnati. Plus 130 on the Guardians, minus 142. The Reds with a total of nine and a half, Scott. Yeah, so for this one, my favorite plays is going to be a prop here. I'm going to take everybody at the top of Cincinnati's order to steal a base because it's just going to happen. A Syndergaard can't stop anybody. That was really the most annoying part about one of Syndergaard's last starts was against Toronto. And Toronto just only attempted one stolen base in the entire game. And you're wondering, like, did you not read the scouting report for the last four years on Syndergaard? Cincinnati likes to run. 
They are one of the league leaders in stolen base attempts per game. I think Ellie's going to steal a base. I think you're probably seeing uh, Friedel get steal a base. Anybody that gets on first base is going to steal second base. Uh, McLean, maybe, you know, anybody who can has any speed of any kind. So I'll look for a player prop there on a bunch of guys to steal bases because Syndergaard should have let up a lot of base runners. I know when he was with the Dodgers, he got buried by Cincinnati earlier this year. And I could see a similar story here. I think Elliott his first career home run against Syndergaard, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, I could see the Reds scoring a bunch of runs. I think you're going to end up seeing Syndergaard struggle. I like Abbott, though, so I'll look for the Reds' first five run line. I'll take the minus a half. I definitely don't want to take the full game because the Reds' bullpen scares me. But I definitely see a bunch of stolen base attempts by Cincinnati. And anyone that gets on base should be able to try to steal second, besides maybe Joey Votto. But we see this about Toronto all the time, just fundamentals, and that kind of comes down from the top. They're all they've got some really good players and they'll win some games and play well. But they're just meandering along, having a lovely time. And you think if you apply yourself, like why haven't they done that against Cleveland? It, it's just absolutely baffling. It's one of the things that makes Toronto so hard to call, I think. Um two of Syndergaard's are so you've been okay, and I'm happy to trust him here. Um, a very similar handicap to this uh, to this Monday, Tuesday night game. Sorry, uh, between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Obviously, or I really like Andrew back. Abbott. We had that, that's sorry the difference. Ramirez is back in the lineup, so that's the difference between Monday night and yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, I think it is. But again, um, Cleveland still don't score tons of runs, even when he's kicking around. Last night we had Logan Allen and Ashcraft. Um, this time we got we get Syndergaard and Abbott. That night and a half just like a little bit too high for me. Um, because I don't think Cleveland has scored too many. Um, and if Syndergaard isn't terrible, nine and a half is just a hair too high. I'll take the under, Lanty. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati on a run line here. I mean, I'm, I thought it was bad. Uh, five five plus earned runs in his uh, last – is his four of his last five. Ten home runs allowed in his last five starts. Uh, Abbott, he has gotten himself in a little bit of trouble in two of his last three starts, but I think he'll be fine against his Cleveland lineup who, I mean – they're, they're not murderers row here. And like I said yesterday, I mean, Cincinnati's offense and their winning is kind of correlated. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but when their offense is playing well, they just they win and they just can't win close games. I don't know if it's the youth. I don't know if they're just not accustomed to playing in close games, but I think it's the bullpen. Say it again. It's the bullpen. They can't hold yeah, the lead. Yeah, well, that too. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I just I think that Cincinnati's going to roll here in this series. I, I love them in the series. I love them today um, going. I like Abbott. I think he'll bounce back pretty nicely here. Uh, I mean, Thor, like you said, any stolen base prop, especially Ellie, because Ellie might go from first to third on, uh, on one pitch. So, <laughs> And the Reds got a lot of speed. For yeah, most of the lineup, yeah. so they do, they especially at the top, like especially at the top, like you said. So yeah, yeah I'm in, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I like Cincinnati on the front line. Also, like the team total to go over. Uh, TBDBJ with the dad joke of the week in the comments. Well done, Trev. Don't give up the day job. Uh, 6.40 Houston first pitches the Houston Astros at the Miami Marlins. Justin Verlander for Houston and Jesus Lazardo, left-handed pitcher for Miami. It is minus 125 for the Astros. It is plus 110 on the Marlins with a total of seven and a half. Uh, Justin Verlander, seven and six, 3.19 ERA. He's just been fine. Uh, 195 year in his last five. Um, has gone as deep as eight innings uh, recently. Maximum three in runs kind of thing. Houston have won four of those five starts. Um, 
the Astros are hitting 269 against left-handed pitching, which is what Lazardo will do tomorrow. Um, Jose Altuve was given player of the week honours as well yesterday. Um, Miami going really well. They've won five of the last six games, the Marlins. Um, and Lazardo, eight and seven with a 391 ERA. But he's been poor in his last three. He's given up seven, four and four um, in his last um, three starts. I expect Houston to go better here, especially against the lefty. I love the price. Minus 125 is spot on for me to take a Houston money line, Lunty. Yeah, I think this is way too short. Uh, Verlander, yeah. 125. At, I mean, I don't care if he's on the road or not. Uh, you mentioned Lazardo. I'll add up those numbers for you. 15 earned runs in his last three starts. Five home runs in his last two. Uh, I mean, he'd been solid before that, but, you know, like to end July and to start August – he hasn't been good at all. Um, you mentioned Houston blasting lefties. I think they'll have success here. Uh, you know, their offense has hit a wall the last two games. They've had two um, combined runs, but they had 22 in the previous two games. So this just goes to show you they're capable of being explosive at any given time. I don't think Lazardo would be able to limit them um, offensively. And, I mean, just to get into Verlander, he's only allowed over three earned runs once in his last 11 starts. Um, 13 innings pitch, five combined, and 11 Ks in his two starts um, since his return to Houston. ERA is shade over three in those games. I mean, I don't – I know Miami's hitting well and, and they're playing well, but a lot of that has to do with some some luck here. So I think they'll come back to the pack. I think Houston blasting here. Uh, I'll lay it on the money line as well. I mean, on the run line as well. I'm sorry. Uh, two for Houston. Scott, any good? Yeah, I think this price is way too short as well. I think it should be closer to 150, 155, maybe 160. I don't know why you'd want to back Lazardo at the moment. He got shelled by the Yankees. Like he's not, he has not been pitching well at all. Uh, I don't remember how long he went against the Yankees, but I know that Judge took him deep, about four sixty to center field, gave up. I think it was a bomb to Volpe as well. He was just awful in that Friday night start against the Yankees, and I think that you're probably looking at him getting shelled once again. I understand the arguments that Miami's been playing better, and Houston offensively might be in a little bit of a small slump, but Verlander we know is a great pitcher in general. So you got the better pitcher, and you got the better offense by a decent margin. And it's only minus 125. I don't agree with that at all. I think it should be 150. I think it'll probably close at like 140 or something. But I highly doubt Houston closes at 125. That sounds way too short for Verlander. Okay, so yes, everyone's involved. Team right, love it. Um, Sign up to the Patreon, the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon, people. Um, Contests including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Um, you've got weekly contests as well, not just the season-long stuff, the SGP Stories podcast, the Discord channel. Uh, just basically help us prevent corporate gambling. Do your part. Sign up today. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Serial's uh, turned up. Um, good evening, Serial. Nice to have you. Um, let's go to a 6.45 Eastern first pitch between the Oakland Athletics and the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Blackburn for the A's and Matthew Liberator, left-handed pitcher for the Cards. Ma- uh, plus 165, Oakland. Minus 180, St. Louis. Total is nine or nine and a half if you want it, Scott. So for this one, I think I'm actually going to lean to the first five under in this one. I just think it's too high. I mean, the full game total is nine and a half. So you're assuming the first five is probably going to be five, five and a half. Let's assume juiced five and a half. 
That total seems a bit high to me. Blackburn, we know, has been pretty solid this season. It's why Malcolm keeps betting on him in the first five and why he's about to in about 20 seconds. But Libertor has been good, or at least he was very good last time out. Eight scoreless against the Rays. I'm going to go with the first five under. That total just feels too high. Oakland, we know, is not a great offense, and we know that Blackburn's been pretty good this season in general. I think five and a half for a first five team total. It's estimation, but I think that sounds right. Seems a bit high. I'll lean to the first five under. Okay, uh, Lonte. Yeah, well, you won't have to wait for Mal to do it because I'll take the first five with Oakland. Love Blackburn in, in the spot. I, I like him for the full game also. Um, if you want, I don't know if you guys watched the game last night, but um, Oakland was up two runs, uh, I think, in the bottom of the seventh. The se- uh, yeah, did the the seven, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and did you see that catch when Jordan Walker had the bases loaded? It, it looked like – it didn't look routine. Don't get me wrong. It didn't look routine. But I think in more times than not, they, he makes that catch. It looks like he just dropped it like he did it on purpose. I mean, I'm not saying that he did it on purpose, but – Well, he just did it. Looked- it looked like he, it looked like he could have made made that catch a little bit simpler, but uh, it goes out of his glove. He, Jordan Walker clears the bases with a triple. Um, that kind of concerns me. I don't know if that was kind of an aberration, but I mean, I want to fade Libertor off that good game. I know Mal, you you hit us up in the group chat was saying about he, he was throwing a gym, but uh, I think that was more of an aberration here. Oakland, I mean, we all know what they are. But Blackburn on the mound, I think they're a different team. I like Oakland first five. Give them to me full game. I might might hear about this later on in the, in the show. Um, yeah, Cap, Captain Sane was steering us towards uh, Blackburn strikeout prop, maybe three seven seven five three. Uh, this last five games, well, Scott, I'm going to disappoint you. It's not an Oakland first five. I am not a one trick pony. Um, I'm going to say the full game under, which I know it might so cause me a world okay. of pain. That, that's fine. This could. This could be one to nothing in the bottom of the eighth and finish 14 11. Um, but we like Blackburn as discussed, and I'm still in on Liberato. It wasn't an aberration, Lonte. Take that back. Um, I tipped him up last week, he went really well. We got the win six scoreless, maybe something like that. Um, eight scoreless, was it that many? Wow, yeah, it was eight uh, yeah. So tag a few more on tomorrow. Um, and we'll get the game to finish under nine and a half. Oakland get uh, Tony Kemp back. Which doesn't move the needle much, but he's quite good fun, Tony Kemp. I quite like. I, I still remember Tony Kemp earlier this year. I forgot what game it was, but I was watching an Oakland game back in like May or June. They said he was like 0 for 56 in day games, and I thought it was one of the funniest stats I've ever heard in my life. He was just 0 for in his first like 50-something at-bats in day games, and he finally got a hit in the game I was watching. But that's the only thing I know that's noteworthy about Tony Kemp this season. He just can't play in day games. He just can't hit. But he's gonna he's gonna homer in this game. Watch. He might. I'm once again the one game I watched. He got a single. But I got. I want to actually look up what his numbers were because I remember he started the year like oh for I think it was 54 in like day games or it was like something insane. But I got to look it up. I want to see how he's batting in day games because average is probably terrible. Um, it's not related to this game. It's more just out of curiosity. But uh, day games he's batting 149. There you, oh, go. there you go. He's just a funny bloke. Every time I hear him have a little bit of chat, he uh, he tickles me. Like he's quite amusing. I used to um, like him with uh, it was Houston, right? He was like a pinch runner infield guy. That's before my time. I think that one's got. I think it was Houston, though. I think it was Houston, though. He was like a pinch run utility guy, and now he's like a lead. Now he's a starter because <laughs> Oakland is a triple A team. He got one forty nine's lead in Oakland batting average this year. 705 Eastern Furs pitches the Boston Red Sox at the Washington Nationals. Two lefties. Uh, James Paxton, who I handicapped by accident yesterday, goes for the Boston Red Sox. And Mackenzie Gore goes for the Nationals. 
Minus 165, Boston. Plus 145, Washington. Total is eight and a half or a nine. You can have either. Uh, Lonte, lead us off. Yeah, so I'll go over to eight and a half. Um, I just think is this Paxton going today? I don't. Yeah. I, I, just, I saw a different. I saw a different line. Of, I mean, different pitches. I see Paxton against Gore. Okay, cool. So yeah, two yeah. lefties. Um, you know, Paxton. He's got a good win. He got a good win loss record. But I mean, I don't really trust him fully. Uh, he's pitched you know against below average offenses in the last handful of starts. Kansas City, the Mets, Oakland, who we just talked about, the White Sox. I'm not saying that the you know the Nats are and above average offense, but they're pretty good. Um, they also hit lefties pretty well, 280 against lefties on the season. Um, Gore has been inconsistent, uh, but he's better at home. I mean, he's allowed two earned runs or fewer, three of his last four. And you can usually t- – he had this throughout his whole career. I watched him a lot in high school. Um, he Either he has it and he's on or he doesn't, and he's getting hit around every other every other batter. Like, it's, it's no in-between. So I'm going to bet on him to have a good game here. Um, I like the over. I think both teams can score some runs here. Uh, so give me the over in Washington at a plus price. Okay. Uh, Scott? Yeah, so I do acknowledge the line might be a little bit high, but I'm going to lean to Boston personally. I'm not a fan of Gore. I know that he was a top prospect for the Padres, and now he had a lot of expectations, and I know Washington's not very good, but Gore – Let's call it what it is. He's a work in progress. Uh, you can make an argument he's inconsistent. Occasionally he has good starts, but the flashes have not been there for long enough for me to actually have faith in him finding something in the immediate future. I don't think he's a very good starting pitcher. I think he's like a back-end number four, number five guy. As a Yankees fan, of course, I'm not a big Paxton guy because he wasn't very good with the Yankees. But in general, I think he's fine. He's a proven commodity. He's a standard, what, like bad number two, good number three starter in a rotation. That's good enough for me. I think Boston's a better team. I think that Boston has the better lineup in general. I do acknowledge Washington being better against lefties, but I really just don't trust Gore at all. And Gore does have a bit of a home run problem at times, and Boston can take him deep on several occasions. I'm going to lean to Boston here on the run line. I recognize that the Nationals had a nice sweep against the Athletics, Congratulations. It was the athletics, but I'll take the Red Sox here. I'm just not a Gore guy. I think that he's once again, maybe he will be good someday, but I don't see it at the moment. So I'll lean to the Red Sox. If you do like Washington, maybe take the team total because once again, I just really don't trust Gore at all. Um, My handicap, Scott, was exactly the same as yours, which was a really uncomfortable pick on Boston Um, because it's a horrible price for a start if they were if there were a better price, then I'd be happier. But you know, you think it's I'm being harsh on Gore. Do you agree? I, I just no, think no, he's I'm a back end rotation guy. I think you're being harsh. You, you don't like North Carolina guys, man. I mean, I root for North Carolina in for like college basketball. I'm anti Leaky Black, but I like the rest <laughs> of North Carolina players. You know? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But I, I I, think, anyway, I, Malcolm might agree. I just don't think he's very good. I just think he'd give up one or two more than Paxton. Pretty straightforward, like. Um, and Boston are likely to score one or two more than Washington. So I don't like the price. I didn't want to take the run line. I just didn't want to give any. This is like way down my list. Um, I was hunting around there to see if there was a, something approaching minus 150 for Boston. So I could give out the unit and a half, but there isn't. So it's you have to take them on the run line. And maybe a Boston team total. Um, yeah, I'm copping out with this. I think I prefer Boston, um, but this could be uh, number 15 on my list of things to bet. 707 Eastern first pitch is the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Aaron Nola 
for Philadelphia. Uh, drawing the start for Toronto is Kevin Gorsman. Plus 138 for the Phillies. Minus 150 for the Blue Jays with a total of eight. Um, Aaron Nola is nine and eight on the year. 449 ERA. Um, his last start was okay, but he gave up two um, five earned run outings before that. Like Kevin Gosman's been good, but he's been excellent at home. The key, the key handicap here um, is Gosman's home form. He's got a two seventy one home ERA in eleven games started. Um, he's got a one hundred to eighteen strikeout to walk ratio as well. Um, Philly still struggle on the road. They're still under five hundred on the road, so not big or clever this one. But um, Toronto at minus one fifty. Uh, it's a pretty boring play, but that's the one I've gone for, Lonte. Yeah, this is a tough game. I think all three of us had had a time um, handicapping it yesterday. I, I, like I said, I'm going with the same thing I went with in all the tough series previously. I'm going to bid on a dog every game and turn a profit somehow. I, I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, both teams winners in six of the last ten. Two solid pitchers on the mound. Like like I said, it's hard to choose a side. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with the dog here. Uh, I have really no conviction or metrics to back that up, to be honest. I just think it's just such a tough game that, I mean, either I, I could see any scenario. Uh, I could see any outcome if you if you tell me. So I'm just going to bet the dog here. I think both teams are pretty much equal. Um, I, I think they're about the same. So I'm going to lean with the dog here. Okay. Uh, reasonable. Scott? I'm actually going to link to Philly as well. First of all, I'm not a big NOLA guy, a full disclosure. It gives up a lot of home runs. Yep. But – as good as Gaussman's been, Toronto doesn't win his starts. They're two and five in his last seven starts, and he's been good in most of them. He gets basically no run support. I'll read off the run support for the last couple of starts for Gaussman here. They won last game, won nothing. So I gave up no runs in seven innings. Lost the start before that, only scored one. Won the start before that, scored four. Lost the start before that. They scored eight in that one, but they still lost the game. Scored zero against Detroit the start before that. Scored four against Boston the start before that. And scored zero against the Giants. So once again, they have a hard time reaching five runs in games that he started over the last two months. I don't trust this team when he pitches. I don't trust Toronto laying a big price. I know Nola is not as good as Gaussman, but I do think Philly's offense is more reliable, especially since Trey Turner, remember, had a hit. So I think that Philly can keep this game close. What was the price you said again? Toronto, like minus one fifty. Minus one fifty. Yeah, I'm not laying one fifty with Toronto. Like I, I, I just can't. I'll, I'll lean Philly plus the money. Okay, I'm with you. Seven twenty Eastern first pitch. The New York Yankees at the Atlanta Braves. Officially TBD for the Yankees, um, but I reckon it's Randy Vasquez, um, and we have Charlie Morton going for the Braves plus one ninety five. Um, price for the Yankees would back up. Uh, that it is Vasquez good. Minus 238 on Atlanta with Morton in a total of nine and a half, Scott. Yeah, Braves run one. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I said going into the series that the Yankees would get curb stomped, and they did in game one. We saw Schmidt give up eight runs in two and a third. Game wasn't close. What else is new? You have a mediocre to bad baseball team against one of the best teams in the league at home where they're averaging six runs per game. I don't think the Yankees have anything left in the tank. I think this team is basically cooked. And yeah, I don't really know what the Yankees game plan is going forward. But when you have expectations of, I don't want to say winning the World Series because it's unrealistic, but that's allegedly the expectations every year. 
and now you're probably not going to make the playoffs. The Yankees have like 30 to 40 games left, and they're basically playing for nothing because they're not going to make the playoffs. I think Atlanta buries them. I think the Yankees continue to struggle on the road. They can't hit. They can't pitch. And Vasquez should not help that in Atlanta. I think the Braves, once again, probably score north of seven in every game in the series. They're already one in. They scored 11 yesterday. Just give me the Braves team total over, first five team total over. The bullpen's not any good anyway. I mean, how do you avoid taking Atlanta? Just Their offense is going to kill them in this game, or at least they should. I'll keep taking Atlanta. Okay, pretty damning handicap there from Scott to the Yankees, Lonte. Yeah, I second that. Uh, everything Scott said, uh, I, the biggest mismatch um, uh, series of the week. I think Atlanta is just light years ahead. And even Aaron Boone um, said so himself. Um, the class of the league is, is what he said. I mean, he didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But, again, uh, I think I think New York is cooked. I mean, Atlanta, 51 runs scored in the last five games. There's no way you can put money on the Yankees. Uh, if You might as well just send that money to us. If you're going to bid on the Yankees. If you no want to shot. bid the Yankees, maybe a team total, and you hope that Morton's going to struggle. But, I mean, once again, I, I can't trust Vasquez against this lineup. I just don't know how that's supposed to go well. Right, yeah. I mean, if you do, I mean, bet the bet the over. I mean, maybe the offense, they haven't been as bad. But, uh, I mean, you just, I just can't put any type of money on them to be competitive here. So, Braves, team total over. Um, first inning over. I know I read all those stats yesterday. Really, really good in the first inning. I got them in the first inning again today. I'll be betting that again tomorrow. So, uh, any way you can get the Braves, man, I, I think they'll pretty much put up 10 points, 10 plus here again on Vasquez. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the over nine and a half is, is going to be a bigger price. The Braves on the run line are minus 120. I'm sure there's not much in it, but that, that's going to be my pick. Again, all the reasons you've said. Vasquez has done okay, but um, this is the Atlanta Braves we're talking about. Johnny Morton hasn't been great, though. 584 ERA in his last five. Um, Austin Wright has been absolutely raking. Uh, five home runs so far this month. 328 August ERA. So some Riley props if you want. Um, and I know Scott said Atlanta is scoring six runs a game. Um, they're scoring 7.9 runs per game this month. Um, which is a terrifying amount. So over nine and a half, looks like a great bet for me. That'll be my way of handicapping that one. 8.05 Eastern first pitch, the LA Angels at the Texas Rangers. Uh, Angels officially TBD. I see Reed Detmez going. And for Texas, it's going to be John Gray. Plus 136 on the Angels. Minus one sixty two on Texas with a total of nine Lonte. Yeah, pretty much the same handicap as we just gave out with Atlanta. Uh, I'll take Texas any way you can get him. I mean Detmers, if it is him, he's horrible. I mean, put it to put it like fourteen iron runs in his last two starts, six home runs allowed in his last three. Hasn't gone. He hasn't gotten out of the fourth inning in his last three starts. I mean Texas's offense is is rolling. I think they put up twelve last night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, they won twelve nothing. Yeah, they six plus runs. Um, and uh, six of the last eight home games, five plus and nine of the last 12 games, regardless of location. I mean, it's hard not to back this offense, you know, against Detmers and the Angels with no confidence at all. I mean, I actually had them today with G. Little on the mound, so it's, I'm hoping that they can turn it around today. But, uh, yeah, Gray's been a little bit inconsistent, but, I mean, at home, uh, he's been pretty good. And much like uh, Mackenzie Gore that we talked about, when it's on for Gray, it's on. He's pretty much untouchable. So I like Texas any way you can get them, uh, especially the team total to go over. Uh, maybe maybe pair them in a parlay with uh, with Atlanta. I know I don't we don't really promote parlays a lot, but I mean you know that's that's a pretty good one right there. Um, Scott, 
Yeah, I'm taking the Rangers run one. I've said it for months, probably a year at this point. I don't think Detmer's any good, and Delonte agrees with me. Uh, Detmer's peaked in his rookie year and a fluke no-hitter. That's basically <laughs> it. I don't think he's any good. So I think he's probably going to get killed in the start. Uh, Detmer's last two starts, Delonte mentioned it before, he's given up seven earned in each of the last two, given up five home runs in his last two starts combined, and Texas is averaging roughly 6.2 runs per home game this season. So... Yeah, I think Detmers gets shelled here. And Gray is fine. Once again, not an amazing pitcher, but he's fine. Been around the block a few times. Detmers, though, has been okay against Texas this season. Ten innings, four earned. But with Texas at home and with the current form of these teams, the Angels are basically dead to rights at this point. They went all into the deadline to fall apart, and Texas is trying to extend their division lead. But with Gray against Detmers, I'm just really anti-Detmers. I don't think he's very good, and his road numbers are really bad. So far the season on the road, Detmers has, uh, pulling it up quickly, 41 and two-thirds innings pitched and a 6.7 ERA on the road. Have fun against Texas. I'll take Texas run one. Yeah, I'm a bit sad for Reed Detmers. I thought he was going to be all right. Um, I still think he might be next season. We'll give him another try. Uh, as it stands, I've got the word nope written next to him in big letters. Um, Gray's been awful at home, though. Uh, nine's far, far too low. Um, Texas will win this 9-6 is the answer. Uh, so over nine uh, is a no-brainer. Uh, JP saying hello in the chat. Uh, he's joining us for his, uh, I think it's his debut live, JP. Uh, hello. Uh, nice to see you. Happy to have you along. Uh, give us some picks in the chat, GP. We'll uh, we'll get them tailed. Eight oh five Eastern first pick, uh, first pitch. The Chicago White Sox at the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Mike Clevenger for the White Sox. Cubs TBD. I've got Javier Assad uh, going for the Cubbies. Plus one twenty four on the White Sox. Minus one forty eight on the Cubs. Total is nine and a half. Uh, Mike Clevenger, five and five, three fifty-five ERA. He's been really good lately, um, and not too bad on the road either. He had a four and two-third innings uh, scoreless start at the Dodgers, which kind of indicates um, how well he's been going. And I don't really mind Javier. He's two and two on the year, three twelve ERA, and, and this is his third turn through the rotation now. Generally, he's been a bullpen guy for the first half of the season. Um, and his first two have been okay um, against Atlanta and the Blue Jays. So he hasn't uh, he hasn't had, a, hasn't had it easy in his first couple of turns through the rotation. I think they'll both go okay. Obviously, you're waiting for a weather report, but the nine and a half um, looks too high between two. Okay starts, maybe a first five under um, because the White Sox aren't particularly trustworthy. Um, but yeah, I'll take the under nine and a half, Lonty. Yeah, I can agree with you there. I was hoping I saw Strowman earlier. I'm hoping that we do get Strowman so we can get a bigger price on Washington in the first five because I'll probably be looking to back them in the first five. Um, wait, Clevenger, like you, you mentioned, wait, wait, you mean you mean Chicago in the first five? You said Washington. Oh yeah, Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm talking. I'm thinking about in the chat. Yeah, I mean the White Sox in, okay. in the first five. Yeah, so Clevenger, you mentioned that he hasn't been bad. Um, he hasn't allowed over three earned runs since May the sixth. Uh, by my count, one earned run or less in four of his last six, not allowing a lot of contact. Uh, I mean, the Cubs, they're, they're they're fine still, but I think the number, if it's, you know, if it's technically, if they like go back to Stroman or even now, I think it's still worth a shot to lean with the White Sox. I know they're horrible on the road. Uh, I know their offense sucks, but I think Clevenger is better um, right now than than what they're, the one they're going to throw on the mound. The Cubs are going to throw on the mound here. Scott? 
I don't mind Clevenger, but the White Sox bullpen terrifies me. So I think I'm going to lean to the White Sox first five, first five. maybe go, the go. under for the let's first go. five. But looking at the actual weather in Wrigley, the wind is blowing out to left center field at about, a, about eh, I don't know, like five, six miles per hour. So that should result in about 11% increase in home runs. So maybe that'll be a concern, but... I do think you're going to see a bit of a lower scoring game potentially because Clevenger has been fine, Assad's been fine, and the White Sox can't hit. I don't mind, once again, the White Sox in the first five if you want to take a flyer with the dog, but I definitely don't trust the White Sox bullpen to contribute anything for the sake of winning baseball games. So 148, I maybe wouldn't mind it with the Cubs. Wait, so you, you said it was 148 or 178? Sorry. 148. 148, it's a little bit low for the Cubs because I think they're the much better team. But I would probably wait to see if I can get a better line in play because, once again, I do think the White Sox can hang around for about five, six innings. But once the bullpen comes in, it's over. So I'm going to go with the Cubs to win the full game, but the White Sox hang around early. Um, Daryl was asking in the chat about the, the Braves, the Mariners, the Orioles, and the Dodgers for the Tuesday night games. That Orioles game, Daryl, was the one that um, tore us asunder last night. Um, me and Lonte talked up the we're, we're see what and then Scott wasn't having it at all. So there might be a t- um, there might be a t-shirt at stake. Well, we're oh, find yeah, there's t-shirts flying there across be. the Atlantic, uh, willy nilly <laughs> here. So yeah, we're all helped to you, Daryl, because we all fancy different things in that one. So pay your money and take your choice, mate. Uh, Eight ten Eastern first pitch is the Seattle Mariners and the Kansas City Royals. We have Luis Castillo uh, for Seattle. Kansas City are TBD, but I think it's Alec Marsh. Plus 185, sorry, minus 185 for Seattle. Plus 154 for Kansas City. Total is 8.5, Scott. So this one's a bit tricky because obviously I'm anti-Marsh, but that's not guaranteed he's going to pitch. Having said that, the Royals offensively have actually been decent lately, and... Yeah, I got pretty fortunate with the first five under yesterday because you had three runs in the first inning and inside the park home run in the fifth, and the game still went under in the first five. But I think for this one, Seattle first five run line, I guess. like it, It's really difficult to find value here because I like Castillo. I don't trust either bullpen, but I think Marsh stinks. So assuming that Marsh is pitching, I guess I'm taking Seattle first five, but it's a little bit tricky laying that much juice against a team that's been decent offensively. Ah. Probably Seattle first five, maybe Seattle team total, but Kansas City's sneaky. Like they, They've been respectable recently offensively, so it's not, it's not a slam dunk play for me. But if Marsh is pitching, I'm not taking Kansas City. I'll say that. So I'm going to have to plead the fifth because I don't know who's pitching yet for Kansas City, but I do think Seattle first five is worth a look. Maybe if you want to take Royals team total over and just back that offense, I wouldn't mind it if you can get like three and a half juiced. I don't mind that play, but that might be a sneaky option. Maybe Royals team total of three and a half. You could find it. Lonte. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I handicapped. Um, I handicapped Marsh here, so I'm gonna go with Castillo though, because Castillo's still going right. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I mean, Castillo, I, I'm a big fan of, um, which I probably shouldn't be as many times as he's killed uh, our Yankees, Scott. But I like him as a pitcher. Um, oh, he, he should be on the Yankees, so you can. Yeah, work him I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But uh, you know, he he bounced back after a poor performance versus the Angels. Um, he allowed he only allowed over three earned runs once in his last seven starts. Um, I mean, Marsh is winless if it is him. Six point two seven ERA. 
he has been getting hit pretty uh pretty hard lately. It just hasn't resulted in runs. So I think he might be some regression coming his way if it is him. Um Seattle scored six plus runs in three of their last five games against better pitching um than Marsh. So I think they'll be able to get to Marsh here pretty easily. Uh, Castillo will be able to shut down the Kansas City offense, who, like I said, like Scott said, they've been playing really well, really feisty. Um, they've been really profitable. I think from the from the middle of last month to now, uh, I think they might be like one of the most profitable teams in the MLB simply because they're dogs in pretty much every game. So um, they're like, fighting. I would say the middle of last month when they started that when they started a run, I think they wrapped up. Includes the seven-game winning streak they had. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. That's what I was including. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna go with the Seattle team total to go over here. I lean the Seattle to the full game. Uh, don't hate the full game over either. But my more confident play is in the Seattle team total to go over here. Oh, well, I'm gonna uh, zag here while you're all zigging. I don't mind Alec Marsh. Uh, I've got stuck into me last week. He gave him to me some uh, some grief because I talked up Alec Marsh. Um, he's settling down. I think he's going to be all right. Um, you, I think you need to ignore Castillo's last start um, at the Angels where he gave up seven runs. Um, Seattle just have had consecutive losses for the first time in ages. I'm going to take the first five under. Um, like I say, Castillo's going to go okay. Um, and I think Marsh can go all right, uh, all right as well. I would actually... Uh, gun to my head, I would take the Royals just because they have been in decent form. And they're a big price, um, plus 154. Maybe a Royals phase five, uh, but the official phase is going to be a phase five under. Uh, Marsh is going to be this week's liberator, uh, Lonte, Mark my words. 840. He's You're going to get a DM from me, and, from me and Munaf whenever he whenever he gets blown okay, up. Okay, I look forward to it. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm not going to DM you. I'm just going to tell you it to your face. So that's how, that's how it's right. going to go. Well, we go. I'm going to be a long time waiting, Scott, because it's not up. Uh, the penultimate game on the card is the Baltimore Orioles at the San Diego Padres. Dean Kramer for Baltimore, left-handed pitcher Blake Snell for San Diego. Plus 145 on Baltimore, minus 162 on the Padres. Uh, total is set at eight, Lonte. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too much respect for Snell here. Um, I know you're not a big fan of Kramer, uh, Mal. You've been waiting for him to fall off, but he's been he's been going well. Uh, he's been going really well. Uh, two earned runs or less in five of his last seven. Only allowed over three earned runs twice in his last 11 starts. Um, hasn't allowed over one earned run in his last three road starts. So he's pitching well everywhere he goes. Um, Baltimore, we all know, uh, extremely good on the road, 38-22. and 22. Um, San Diego, just a game over 500 at home. Uh, Baltimore thrives as a dog. I mean, 35 and 36-26, and 26, I'm sorry. And if you want to get real spicy, if you can find a one-and-a-half on Baltimore – they're 44 and 16 on the run line in a row games. That's crazy. Beautiful. Me. That one too. You mean the plus one and a half or the minus one and a half? No, I want the minus one and a half. You'll get a oh, bigger okay. plus price. Yeah. All right. Because they're because they're dogs, right? Uh yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like 140, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's too much. So if you could get them on the reverse run line, minus one and a half, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I think Baltimore can can will out a victory here. I mean, they're gonna keep fighting. Um I, I like their pitching, I like their bullpen. Uh I mean, I think it's too high here. I mean, I know Snell's been good, but this price is is kind of high. So uh, give me Baltimore. Um, if you can find a reverse run line, I know some some books offer it. Uh, I, I would lay that also. Uh, Scott. Yeah, so I mentioned a second ago how the Padres were about minus one forty. That's actually incorrect. They're around minus one sixty. I'm not yeah. laying 160 with San Diego. It's just not happening. I understand, once again, Snell might win the Cy Young, and he was great again last start against Arizona. The only game they won in that series, but still. He doesn't go any length, and I hate the San Diego bullpen. 
Like I feel like once again, this could be a spot where maybe you live bet it. Baltimore might be down early, but then Snell gets pulled because he doesn't go any length and the bullpen falls apart because San Diego's bullpen stinks. And it wasn't good yesterday either, I don't believe. But the point is, I can't lay 160 with a team that really is a hard time of pitch of just piecing together the final couple innings. And when you compound that with Baltimore being such a great team, I can't go against Baltimore getting that plus price. I'm going to lean to Baltimore. If you do like San Diego, take the first five. But it's a combination of Snell not going many innings and the Padres bullpen being terrible. Give me the Orioles plus money maybe to come from behind. So I am handicapped this this afternoon before I saw the prices, and I'm a very shrewd man because this should be closer to a match. Um, but I've got written down here: Baltimore are going to be much bigger, and you're going to and you have to take them. And then I've seen a line at plus one forty-five. Um, both pitchers are going to give up two or three earned runs. Baltimore keep winning. We've done this all the time. They've won three in a row. The Padres have lost seven in eight. The Padres have lost, uh, sorry, the Padres are 10 and 54 when they score fewer than five runs. So they, they never win a low scoring game. 10 and 54. That's a great number. I mean, number talk right about there. start of the day. That's outrageous, isn't it? So unless they score a shit ton of runs, they're bughead like. Um, yeah, everything Londay said uh, was correct. Baltimore, please, plus 145. And I have kind of been waiting for Kramer, but again, uh, I'm not an idiot. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to take him in this spot. Tomorrow will be the game he falls off now, Lundy. That's exactly what will happen. Um, have we got any more games left? Well, you said oh, it was we the penultimate, so there should be one left. Yeah, yeah, right. There's uh, the Cowboy time, 10-10. Eastern first pitch, the Milwaukee Brewers at the LA Dodgers. Left-handed pitchers uh, for both clubs here. Wade Miley for the Brewers, Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Uh, plus 200, the Brewers, minus 230. The Dodgers total is eight and a half. You've got two teams in good form here. Yeah? Uh, Brewers won four. Dodgers won eight. Something will give uh, in the Tuesday game before this one goes off. But Wade Miley, he's been in good form. Six and two on the year. 290 ERA. Um, 16 innings, two earned runs and only five hits in his last three starts. Um, and his career numbers at the Dodgers are really good. Seven games started at the Dodgers. 206 ERA. Uh, so I think we can be confident Miley will go okay tomorrow. Uh, Kershaw, we don't really need the handicap. 10 and 4 on the year. Um, he's been unbelievable. 087 in his last five. I know, I think Scott was last week's show. You threw out a load of stats about Kershaw, I think. Uh, 171 home ERA. And one game pitched against the Brewers this year. Seven innings. Um, seven innings and one earned run. So yeah, a bit of a pitcher's duel. Um, under eight and a half for me, Scott. Yeah, I agree about the pitcher's duel. Uh, I am going to lean to the under as well, probably in the first five. But I am going to go with the Brewers team total under in the first five at one and a half. Should be juiced to the under. I don't really care. Uh, Kershaw's numbers against the Dodge, against the uh, Brewers, I mean, are absolutely nuts in his career. You mentioned the Miley numbers. But on the other side, I want to mention Kershaw's numbers against the Brewers. So the Brewers' active batters have 108 plate appearances against Kershaw. A 198 batting average and a 250 on base percentage. They never touch him, ever. And with a team total of one and a half, Kershaw's only allowed one run in his last three starts combined. Uh, that's a total of, doing the math here, that is 18 innings, one run allowed. I'm not going to go anywhere near uh, Milwaukee's offense here. I will fade the offense. I think Kershaw pitches well. Might only go five. 
He only went five last start against Colorado, which does scare me a little bit about the Dodgers' full game because I really don't like the bullpen still. I think it's still a problem for this team. But I do think, once again, if you are assuming Kershaw is going five or maybe into the sixth, barely more than that, I'm not laying 235 since I don't like the bullpen. But I will take Kershaw by himself. So give me the Brewers' team total under in the first five at one and a half. Okie doke. Confident stuff from Scott Lunty. Yeah, pretty much stole all my thunder with the clay shot number. I had all the numbers laid out to to go ahead and, and roll out here. I didn't mention the record, though. I know the record's great, too. I just mentioned the batter. Yeah, that's, I mean, but the, the stuff that you mentioned was way worth way, uh, worth way more than just the record. But, I mean, uh, the Dodgers, they roughed up Miley back in May. Seven seven runs, uh, hit three homers off him. Uh, he has Kershaw been pitching a shutout in that game? Or Kershaw gave up, like, one run or something? Uh, no, he yeah, one run on five hits. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Okay. What do you like? Yeah, you want, like, six or seven, I think? Uh, I think seven he went, was, I think yeah. he went seven. Seven, seven and the yep, third, yeah. and uh, he actually—it actually was a Dodgers blowout, eight to one, if I'm not yep. mistaken. And that was in Milwaukee, um, so I think much of the same here. I mean, the Dodgers uh, again. I mean, I just think they're rolling right now. Um, Kershaw has been untouchable. I mean, you, you read out the stats. I won't regurgitate those, but I think. I mean, you mentioned it yesterday, Mo. I mean, Milwaukee's a fraud. Look at their win differential. Uh, I think they're yeah. frauds. So. Give me, give me the Dodgers on the road. You say it was against six. It was a run differential well, six. of six. I think. Yeah, yeah six. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's yeah, great. so um, that, that's crazy. And then the Cubs were like what, uh, like quadruple that? Sixty-eight or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, give me the Dodgers on the run line, man. I think it's a pretty much um, open and shut case. Uh, I would agree with Scott on the Milwaukee team total to go over in it. I mean, under in that first five also. <laughs> it's an open and shut case. Uh, Lonte rests his case uh, on today's card. Um, okay, so we've got to the end of everything. Um, locks and dogs, I'm going to lead off just because I can. Um, really easy. <laughs> Dead straightforward tonight. Um, no messing on. Lock is Houston, minus 125. Part of the reason I'm leading off is because I think you two are going to try and pinch Houston as well. So I just no. marked them off on my list. <laughs> yeah, I had I'm Houston, I just marked them off. <laughs> I'm going to force you into taking Detroit or something. I'm taking Houston at minus 125. Um, and for my dog, Baltimore. Dead easy, <laughs> you got Baltimore. Plus 145. Lonte, get the cue. Pick something else. Uh, Scott, you go next. Take his other picks. All right. Uh, so I'm trying to think of which. I really like a lot of plus money plays the more that I look at it. Because I tend to Houston. But I also like the run line on Houston because it's plus 140. Like plus 140 with a road team with Houston is just a very, very yeah. good deal. I also like stolen base props for Cincinnati, but I don't know if I have lines on that yet because I think Ellie's going to steal a base easily if he gets on base. I think for this one, I'm going to go back to the last play that I mentioned since I forgot what else I liked on the card. I'm going to go with the Brewers' first five team total under at one and a half. I mentioned Kershaw's numbers. He's been great against uh, Milwaukee in the past, and Milwaukee offensively can't really hit. You can argue that it's fraud-based or maybe just the fact that, once again, Kershaw's Kershaw, but I do think you're looking at a spot where Milwaukee's offense probably doesn't generate much or anything in this game. Uh, so I am going to go with the Brewers' first five team total under one and a half as my lock. And for my dog, uh, I really like the stolen base props, though, but I don't know what the lines are. Like, I'm really... Uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to do it. I'm hoping it's plus money. Give me Ellie de la Cruz stolen base at probably like plus 120. Purely okay. made up line by me, but it should be plus. <laughs> we allow you. Because you have to get on base. Lines. So it's it, like stolen base props are twofold because you need to get on base in order to yeah. steal. So it's usually plus money. Give me Ellie to steal a base. <laughs> Lonty, what have you got? Yeah, man. So I'm going to go with my lock. I'm going with a plus money play. I'm going with. Uh, 
what what do I have here? I'm going with Cincinnati minus one and a half plus one forty ish. I think you can get one forty one forty five um, here. Uh, we broke it down earlier for the dog. I'm going against you, Mal. Give me give me Blackburn plus what we got plus one fifty. Um, full game for the Oakland A's to upset okay. Liberatore and St. Louis. But so how are you going against them? He likes Liberatore. Yeah, but okay. He didn't give him out though. No, no, no. I'm just saying, just in okay. general, uh, just like he liked him. All right. Sure. <laughs> um, well, thanks everyone. That was great fun. I enjoyed that a lot. There, uh, the chat was um, in fine form tonight. And there's a few new names to me anyway uh, in there tonight, Thomas. Uh, Alan was in there, Darren as well. Um, I really appreciate that. That uh, that makes my evening when everyone gets involved. So thank you very much for that. Uh, cheers, Scott. Cheers, uh, Lonte. Um, Wednesday night, anything happening? Is there any sport on? Wednesday um, night or Tuesday night? What day? Oh, it's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, it sorry. is Tuesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday for, is it Wednesday for you yet already? Nearly. 45 minutes, mate. Okay, yeah. So. up there. Um yeah, what's going on? I played um, I played fat man football tonight, so I am not going to be able to get out of bed tomorrow. I'm going to be like the tin man. Uh, I should know better, really, at my age. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not here tomorrow, but some people are. Uh, so there's lots of things going on. Lots of days ball, though. That's what I'm going to get involved in. Uh, look forward to it. Um, cheers, boys. Thanks, everyone, who joined us. Good luck with all your bets. Um, and until tomorrow, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.